0: guys we here with Matt Howell? And this week on the first run, we try to answer the eternal question. Is there an Anton Fuqua movie that you, that Chris and I will enjoy? I mean, obviously they keep getting made. So somebody out there enjoys them, but will the two of us like it? We're going to give it another go along with Denzel, uh, who can't seem to leave the man alone with The Equalizer 3. Then uh, we get down onto streaming and slum it with the sci-fi, satire, They Clone Tyrone. Is it pretty good? Was Has Netflix released a winner? We're going to let you know. As always, we'll give you the top physical media picks of the week, as well as our straight to DVD and streaming picks of the week. And then uh, we wrap all this up by searching for a diamond in the muck that's left for the rest of the year, giving our top five most anticipated films for the rest of 2023. It's gonna be a doozy, folks. So let's give you nine seconds to live and give you a bit of The Equalizer 3.
1: You like being in other people's business. I'm really beginning to like this place and the people. I'm starting to believe from the bottom of my heart that this is where I'm supposed to be. So, whatever it is that you and your friends do, please do it somewhere else. You're warning me. I'm preparing you. We though. It's just si but preparando. am simpatico. Is that a Timex? No. Right there, right there. That's
0: the median nerve that I'm compressing. On a scale from one to ten,
1: that's a two. That's a three. You don't want me to go to four
2: it's bad enough we're stuck at three Matt being the third equalizer film what 75% on Rotten Tomatoes 75 there's not a decimal point anywhere in that number 75 maybe I'm wrong I've just like Matt said in the opening we have not been fans of Fuqua's work I don't know if I ever have been really and I guess the ultimate, the last episode of Denzel Washington is Robert McCall in this Equalizer run, the third film in the series. And here we are. Matt, what is Equalizer 3 all about?
0: Well, Robert McCall has moved on to Italy. He's getting along with the locals. But it being Italy, of course, the local mafiosos are a problem and they start messing with people that he's built. A brief rapport with and he decides that he has to brutally kill all of them so that's essentially what happens he equalizes them wow so there's an interesting change
2: in this series for the third entry matt and i'm curious what you think about it i think we actually veer a bit into slasher territory with equalizer three it's much more graphic than the prior two films does that help the proceedings at all? Uh, does that get it more interesting? Is there anything about this that kind of
0: got your juices going, <laughs> as you like to say? Do I, I say do I, do I say, get my juices going? I think I just <laughs> say I have the juice for things. Yeah, I I agree with you. I was trying to look. I've pretty much blocked both those equalizer films out of my mind. I was trying to as I'm watching this thing. I'm trying to say. Were the first two as graphic as this one is? Because this is pretty I don't remember that. explicit. And I have to say, while there's not much here, I appreciate them at least upping the gore level a little bit. And you're right, it has a much nastier feel to it than the other two. Whereas that felt like a very generic, you know, actioner type of film. These are. I could say very generic uh, slasher horror revenge films uh, or movie. I, I guess it's an interesting take. I think I can see why you, people would think that way. I don't know if it's particularly successful, but I appreciate the effort. At least try something a little different there, Antoine.
2: So if this, Matt, is clearly meant to be to close the series, I hope that this one nails the door shut. Mm. Um, it, it's... I. And I actually had hopes for this the first 30 minutes of this film, all right? I think how he opens it is interesting. I think I like the ramped-up violence. I thought that was an interesting way to go. It's kind of a class—kind a of a mashup, I think, of kind of classic Italian horror and westerns, right? We have slashers and a town overrun by bandits. It's like a Seven Samurai or just a Yojimbo thing, right? Maybe we can lean on that, but Fukua does what he does best, and he botches the ending, just— thoroughly, completely boots it. Mm-hmm. And just like the first film that had that god awful like Home Depot slash Lowe's wrap up. Right. And the second film there was the big storm flooding thing coming through and that like evacuated area again. Once again, entirely boots the closing of this film. And he builds this whole thing up and then it basically it's almost a redo of the opening of the film in a way. You don't really see it. You see the aftermath. It's kind of the same thing. And it's so anticlimactic. He, you build it up like the town's going to come together and they're going to ward off the mob and Denzel's going to pick all these people off and do super Denzel mode. And he does that at the end, but it's it's sapped of any energy. And it's it's almost like the film sleepwalks th- through the ending, just like Denzel seems to be doing throughout the entire thing as well. And he just looks tired, Matt. Yeah, he like, does. all the time now. And also like always on the verge of tears. I don't know what that's about, but I just think it's, (sighs) say it you will, about Tony Scott and the indulgence of his later work. He makes Fuqua look entirely uninspired and pedestrian. And that's, I think, what infuriates me the most about this is that there's people been online, and also I think Fuqua kind of talks a little bit about it, of Fuqua and Denzel carrying on those great genre films that Denzel and, and Tony Scott did together. And even when they weren't that successful, they were still really interesting or entertaining or visually exciting. Like Man on Fire. I'll be honest with you, Matt. That movie, I like it more than it's good. And that thing is just a far superior film. And they're also talking about how this reunites him with Dakota Fanning. And what's crazy, too, in this film, they have, like, zero chemistry. You know,
0: it's... She's a non-presence in this film. It's been a long time since I've seen Dakota Fanning in anything that I can recall, unless if unless you put me to a lie and I, I just have completely forgotten about it, but it almost feels like she's out of practice, like she has no charisma at all. She's just incredibly flat. She's like a flatter Julia Stiles in the Bourne films. Woof.
2: Just, I remember getting riled up. I even think about it, talked about it on the show when Fuqua said that this is kind of like a spiritual sequel to Man on Fire. Again, a film that's entirely too long. And I think undercuts the the heft of the film by providing a happy ending, which I guess you kind of need to do, but I, I don't know. It, it's it's just weird. And the whole family tie-in stuff, it's just a throwaway nod to that. I mean, I... I it's a way to kind of bring Fuqua's McCall kind of full circle. If kind of going full circle is tying your own laces together and continuing flopping around until you eventually make that three sixty, it. And I'm talking about when he kind of, you know, with the of creating this family mm. in Italy right. with the doctor that helps them. And then with Italian Paula Patton, who ro- works at the bistro. And uh, I don't know, Matt, I think it just, the first 30 minutes of it, I was digging it. I really was. I was like, wow, we, we actually may have something here. And then it just completely runs out of gas. And whenever I think about Tony Scott, I mean, when I think about Fuqua talking about Tony Scott, it reminds me of like Rob Liefeld reminding you about, oh, you know, about Jack Kirby or you know, like Da Vinci, You, you, you don't deserve to be mentioned the same name as some of those directors. So sorry, John McCall. I do not wish you had more time which is a great line from Man on Fire with Denzel.
0: Yeah, Denzel, but I'm with you. Denzel looks like he's he's had enough. I think he's, I wouldn't, I think this is probably the last time we see Denzel in like this kind of physical actioner type role. I think he's going to take more of a, you know, fences, more of a, a less physically demanding type roles going forward. Well, he's 68, yeah, man. He's, he's he's getting up there. I had no idea he was that old.
2: I thought he was early sixties. I had no idea he's uh, he's sixty eight. Hmm, still looks good for a sixty eight year old guy, but
0: uh, he's moving a little slower. Yes, for sure. Yes, he he's not quite. He's not at Robert De Niro beating up somebody in the Irish, moving slow. But no. uh, you know, <laughs> no, absolutely not.
2: I mean, it's meaner. It's more violent. I think it's where we need it to go, but it's just.
0: You know what? But maybe that 75, you know how you know how lenient Rotten Tomatoes is. I mean, if it's even slightly positive, they count it as positive. So maybe that's what a lot of it is. The first two-thirds of it are pretty good, or surprisingly good, and then it, it just kind of falls apart at the end, and that's still enough to get it into that uh, C range. Yeah, I mean,
2: the critics, are uh, they dictate if they consider it fresh or not when they submit the review. Mm-hmm. It's 116. 87 fresh, 29 rotten. But I wonder if a lot of those freshes are like C's. Right. C pluses. I don't know, Matt. I'm giving it a D. A D? I, yeah. D is for Denzel.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's... I The problem is I can't even build up enough bile to be angry at it, so I'm going to give it a C minus, I guess. It's just kind of this toast thing that's there.
2: I had it at a C plus, like, in my head. Even a B at one point for that first half hour. But when we wrap taking our revenge on the crime family, I was like, that's it? Like the scene where he takes out the guy's brother is is cooler and more interesting and exciting than anything in the final 20 minutes, half hour of the film. And they have that coda with her and you reveal who the family, who she is and why she is. You know? It's just eye-rolling and groaning. That's all I got from it at the end. Just a cheap stunt. Yeah, it's a mess. It's... it's frustrating so watch the first 30 minutes and say wow I bet you that's going to be good turn it off and then just don't come back to it and I think you'll be happy with the equalizer part three and I liked Italian Paula Patton I wish we saw more of her I'm not sure what's going on with her these days but uh I don't know Matt all right what are your thoughts on equalizer three currently playing in the theater shoot us an email at feedback at the first com. Maybe I'll watch Man on Fire this weekend, or any Tony Scott Denzel joint. Man, they made some good movies together. Man, a lot of good work together. Yeah, Crimson Tide is like Chef's Kiss. Good. That
0: is that is that is up there on the Mount Rushmore of dad tainment films. It is it is fantastic.
2: Yeah, and even stuff like Unstoppable. You know, I mean, it's entertaining. Absolutely. This not 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 so much. Compton on Physical Media, at this upcoming Tuesday, September 12th. This is being released in 4K. I haven't seen this came out in the theater. I remember it very well, though, because I think I just started running or managing the movie theater when it came out. So this has a little soft spot in my heart, though. I'm sure it's just terrible.
1: Hello, I'm Kate McTiernan. First... I'd like to say something to the families who have a loved one missing. Please do not give up hope. There are other women where I was held, and I believe in my heart that they're still alive. Second, to the boys who fished me out of the river and saved my life, and to the nurses and doctors here who are taking such excellent care of me, and for the thousands of letters and prayers I've received from all across America. Thank you. And last, to the man who calls himself Casanova, the man who took me from my own home and ultimately tried to kill me. I broke your rules. Just me. None of the other women helped. So if you're looking for someone to blame, blame me.
2: Dramatic music swelling up, Matt. That, of course, being released in 4K is Kiss the Girls, the first cinematic adaptation of the Alex Cross mysteries. This is when he's played by uh, Morgan Freeman. He also did another one, something with spiders or something. Along Came a Spider uh and i think i may be wrong i think the movie that came out when i was in the theater was double jeopardy i remember just ashley judd was like the queen of cinema from like what 95 to like 2006 or something mm-hmm. like that she was in one or two movies a year right so uh but that was ashley judd and kiss the girls being released in 4k Matt this upcoming tuesday that is september 12th and then uh, i want to do this pay for the show for halloween i don't know we gotta i don't know we got so much to talk about
1: number five
2: cobweb which i think is being released i think well now is about a boy who hears voices in his head and decides to unleash them on his abusive parents ran to theaters for a couple weeks uh supposed to be pretty good okay so um uh maybe we'll check that one out matt uh what else has what, what comes after five matt four that's gonna be poker face season one the natasha um leon is it Leone? yeah Leone. this is ryan johnson's kind of pseudo colombo reboot okay that was uh, on NBC and Peacock. I know it was a Peacock exclusive. I watched them. I think there was like nine episodes, maybe 10. Great. If you have a Jones in for those old uh, Columbo type episodes, she plays a a gambler who can tell if you're lying. Mm-hmm. She has like this innate ability to tell if you're lying. And it's just like a, a, a movie of a case of the week where she has to go on the run and she falls into this new murder every week and kind of figures out what's happening, blah, blah, blah. But it's a lot of fun. Natasha's fantastic in it, and uh, uh, it really has that feel of those classic kind of 70s uh, TV murder mystery type show movie things. Have you, you seen any episodes of uh, Poker Face?
0: No, I remember seeing the commercials for it, and it was one of those things like, oh, I should check that out, and I, I never did.
2: Yeah, it's a lot of fun. What else, Matt? Uh, ooh, I heard this is really good, too. Get three coffins ready. Hello. Huh? Joyride is being released, about four Asian-American women who bond and discover the truth of what it means to know and love who you are while they travel through Asia in search of one of their birth mothers. I've heard it's very funny, mm-hmm. exceptionally inappropriate at times as well, which are two things that I'm really excited about. And then, Matt, you're talking about dad-tainment.
1: Looks like we're shy of one horse. <laughs> <laughs> you brought two too many.
2: Air, Matt, is being released on physical media. It's the history of Sonny Vaccaro, a sneaker salesman who led a shoe company called Nike. And it's pursuit of the best athlete in the history of sports, Michael Jordan. I watched this when this is first run. It's fine. Yeah, it's good. Okay. Perfectly innocuous viewing. Have you had a chance to check it out yet? I have not. I have not seen it now. Yeah. So you can pick it It's worth watching. You know, I'll catch it up. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's enjoyable enough for, you know, capitalistic propaganda, I guess, in a way, <laughs> but sure. And then here's one, Matt. I think that Matt's definitely going to be picking up in 4K. Matt, it's coming out in 4K, all right, and Blu-ray, but I know which one you'd be getting. There can be only one. Some consider it the best Batman film ever made. Mask of the Phantasm Ooh. is being released in 4K. Wow. It's a brand new remaster as well as a remastered audio and includes a featurette uh, about Kevin Conroy called I Am The Night and a bonus episode of Justice League Unlimited featuring a cameo by the Phantasm. So Matt, I haven't owned this on anything I think since VHS, so this may be the time I pick it up. What about you?
0: Yeah, I would definitely pick this up. I, I God, do I, I? might have it on DVD. I might have it on DVD.
2: I was watching. Um, when I was reading something. I think it was with Jeff from Films at Home. Maybe he did a uh, just a, like a screenshot on Twitter of the difference between the prior Blu-ray release of Snow White and the 4K release that's coming out. And it is drastically different. It looks much better. And I've said for years, why would you bother with a 4K release of a cartoon? How much better can it really look? Well, clearly I'm an idiot (laughs) because it looked years better. So uh, there you go, folks. Uh, Also coming out in 4K, we talked about Kiss the Girls, Shrek the Third. Smile is getting a steelbook. As is Kick-Ass 2, Walkabout was putting out, by, being put out by Criterion in 4K, and then uh, the 2009 version of Last House on the Left is being released in 4K, in a, a special edition with Arrow. Did you see Paramount's putting out their own prestige horror line? I did see that. Yeah, it, it's intriguing. I guess. Uh, so we got you got Rosemary's Baby, and then you got Pet Cemetery. You have Smile mm-hmm. as part of the set, right? Yep. And there's one more. There's two more. One of them is a
0: mystery. You don't know which one. That's is. right. And then I forget what the other one was. But it wasn't... I will admit, none of them were particularly got me that excited about you know buying it. But I, I like the idea of it. And I'm hoping that maybe they come up with some other interesting versions of it.
2: I really think that's going to be... The people who collect physical media... We tend to be horror sci-fi mm-hmm. fans. Right. And that's why you or cult movie fans. Right. right? So you gotta lean into that. And that's why you churn out these deluxe things. Matt, my It Follows 4K has shipped. <laughs> my Frontiers region Blu-ray deluxe edition has shipped. Yeah. My May standard edition Blu-ray has shipped. Both of those are uh B uh, Region B's. My I bought I ordered my Region Free Player last week. That it has shipped. I am very very excited to delve into the uh, world of imports uh, very soon so I'm so glad I'll to, you know that I'm so out.
0: glad you got something else to to to, to obsess with as far as yes. uh, differences that you can get
2: Matt, you're straight to DVD pick of the week. Now, I appreciate that the first one did get a theatrical release, but the sequels did not. So, Ghoulies, Matt, is being released in 4K. And in Ghoulies 2 is getting a Blu-ray release from MVD. Upon returning to his family's abandoned mansion, Matt, Jonathan realizes he has inherited his father's powers of sorcery. Which he uses to unwittingly unleash a handful of demons known as the Ghoulies. The tiny terrors run amok, getting into mischief and killing their unfortunate hosts. Before Jonathan summons the strength to defeat them.
0: You a Ghoulies fan? You
2: ever seen any of the Ghoulies? I ladies?
0: do remember. Of course, I was a kid in the night, in like the early '90s, late '80s. Uh, I remember seeing the original Ghoulies with the little green guy coming out of the toilet.
2: There you go. Yeah. Which will we be streaming this week?
0: So. This is a controversial choice. I know a lot of people. I think, including my esteemed co-host, don't think very highly of this movie. But for some reason, I think it's really funny, and I keep and I really enjoy watching it. Um, but uh, this is the end. The post-apocalyptic or currently apocalyptic uh, uh, film about uh, with Seth Rogen, Jay Baruchel, James Franco, Jonah Hill, and Craig Robinson, holding up in Franco's house after a party. And uh, while the biblical apocalypse turns outside doesn't always hit on, on all cylinders, but when it does, it is really, really funny. And I think it's even sweeter to know that the fact that Jay Baruchel really actually does hate Jonah Hill and couldn't stand him while they were filming it and didn't really appreciate it. What he was doing until after he watched the film. Interesting. Yeah. I haven't
2: watched it in a, I think since the theater, mm. I do own it on Blu-ray, but I haven't watched it in a long time. I remember loving Tate a minute. Yeah. And Danny McBride, yeah. of course, I think is He steals the show. The, uh, That's very true. Yeah, he is the stealth weapon in that film. But uh But
0: everything is good just enough. is just hilarious. Even just Kevin Hart just being like this like uh Toadie Yes man throughout the party is just hilarious. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh good stuff. All right, Matt, let's go ahead and roll on and spend a few minutes talking about they cloned Tyrone.
1: I just need to clear something up with you real quick and you can be right back on your merry home way. Uh, Okay. You seen me last night? Not like that. Nah, like literally. You seen me.
0: Are you Kevin Bacon?
1: What? Hollow man. That was a good one. You liked it, you said you You liked it. I picked that one. You mm -hmm. Okay.
0: Yes, I saw you.
1: You heard them shots after?
0: Yeah. I mean, I got ears, Donna. Somebody was letting them bitches lose. Uh, to be honest, I thought it was you doing me a favor. Hell yeah.
1: That's what you're trying to say. You ain't seen her?
0: I mean, I ain't say all of that. <laughs> you know, your girl got to know what's going on in these streets. So yeah, I-, I doubled back
1: after a cool little minute. I think I saw the perpetrators leaving. See, I told you.
2: Yeah, she, see, he, he told him Matt. So let's... What they call, it. they, man, I'm struggling all of a They clone Tyrone is all about. So uh, Fontaine, he's a drug dealer in this uh, neighborhood called, this town called the Glen, right? And uh, he has these interactions with certain people. And well, Jamie Foxx, pimp, owes him some money. So he goes knocking on his door, looking for his money. And when he leaves, he had recently ticked off some other people, right? And when he leaves, he gets shot and killed in the parking lot. And the next day, Fontaine shows up and knocks on Jamie Foxx's door again looking for his money. And from there, hijinks and sci-fi hilarity with a healthy dose of black blaxploitation uh, throw in uh, all kind of come together, Matt, for they clone Tyrone. Currently available on Netflix, Matt, a film that apparently was shot two years ago and dropped onto Netflix. And I asked myself, why Black Dynamite? Why? <laughs> Matt, how what did you think of Clone Tyrone? And was this a miss? Should this have gotten
0: a theatrical release? Did you enjoy it? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I I quite enjoyed this film. I think now let's just let's just take a step back. Chris referenced the holy text of Black Dynamite, and this is not in Black Dynamite's league. I it's good, no, no, no. but it's not in that league. Well, it's a different thing. It's a different thing. But I did see on Letterboxd someone described this as a Black Exploitation They Live, and I thought that, that was a relatively apropos description i was really on board with this i liked the kind of sci-fi trappings that that uh go into it uh the conspiracy as you kind of dig deeper and deeper the satire of it is really funny when it hits but it's also kind of got that that deeper biting message that is you know got that layer of of what you can see as truth in it I don't necessarily think that it holds up like after you kind of get all the pieces together and like everything kind of starts to kind of um, come to its climax and its conclusion. And it's really just more about the set pieces that are happening after that. I think it kind of falls apart at that point. But overall, you know, I had a pretty good time with this film.
2: Yeah, I I agree with you entirely. And when I was watching this, the first thing that popped in my head is this is what Brooklyn 45 was missing. Mm just an air of authenticity, maybe even just a layer of grain, right? That appears to have been it. Because what I think one of the great successes of this film is that it takes place in modern times, but it feels like it's the 1970s and they never ended, right? Right? And it, it's just a lot of great little aesthetic choices like that. The, the music choices are fantastic in it. And I think really that, Matt, it's a smart, original, kind of funny sci-fi film. I think buoyed strongly by three really engaging performances. I think Boyega, I think Paris, and I think Fox are all fantastic in this. And I think it has a great setup. I love the idea of it. I love uh, the first, like you said, the two-thirds. I think, like you said, I don't think it quite sticks to landing. Like, what is the villain's, villain's backstory? Why is... I don't think we really know why he's trying to breed out blackness. Mm-hmm. Never mind, we don't really deal with what I think could be another really interesting thing too, the apparent kind of self-hatred, right? Right, That we don't explore that at all either. And there's also a bit of some clunky exposition when like Kiefer Sutherland shows up. I mean, Christ, Matt, his character's name is Nixon for Pete's sake. (laughs) I think just some things that may, you know, it bites off a little more than it can chew regarding the weighty issues it's attempting to discuss. Sure, But in the end, I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's very, very funny at times. And particularly, I think Jamie Foxx, I think this is the best work he's done in, in a while. Yeah. I think he is hilarious in this. So yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with They Clone Tyrone. I wish, I think this could have done fine like as a little independent film. Yeah. Uh, doing the little circuit there. I think it could have gained an audience. It's like you said, it's not Black Dynamite where it's a satire of exploitation films. It's a loving homage to those yeah. with that kind of sci-fi tip. So, yeah, no, I really enjoyed
0: it. Yeah, I think it, I mean, it would have been nice to, for it to give it a chance to kind of develop that cult following. I can see people kind of checking this out and getting word of mouth. You know, it's sitting on Netflix now, um, which, I mean, at least it's available to people and it's still widely yeah. available to people. The problem is that a lot of you know films that are viewed as Netflix originals, they are, for the most part, with, a, with maybe a very, very, very few exceptions, as underwhelming. So, I'm hoping that people will give it a shot. Um, but I guess it is what it is. I mean, at least our audience, of you know, is, is our listeners out there, will know that we say, hey, check it out, give it a go. Yeah,
2: absolutely. So, that's good, man. I'm giving the clone Tyrone. Uh, I'm sitting on a B minus because of the, uh, I think it fluffs the ending a little yeah. bit. But.
0: I'm a little uh, more bullish than you are. I'm going to give it a B. Look at you.
2: Fantastic. If you had a chance to see They Clone Tyrone, which is currently streaming on Netflix, it's just an email at feedback at com. You definitely should. It's well worth checking out. Matt, you, I think, do you ever wonder to do films, when you go in cold or something like this, right, is there like a, a preconceived kind of notion that, well, it's, it's one of the, it's more Netflix content. Mm-hmm. It's not artistry, right? right. It's content right. to them. So do you kind of ever go into these films kind of like, all right, well, you know, more tent from Netflix. We'll see how this turns out.
0: I think so and I think that's fair for the most part even like things that have the you know big stars like I've already forgotten the name of that Chris Evans Anna de Armas film that we watched but you know I think that was Apple TV but yeah was it Apple TV I'm sorry um then I guess the the Chris uh Hemsworth actioner thing that we watched right um but here's the thing and what's really interesting is that a lot of the films that that are coming up even the the ones that most of the ones that I can sound kind of interesting, a lot of them are Netflix movies. I mean, they're getting very brief runs in in the theaters and then they're going to Netflix. So maybe they're turning a corner. I mean, maybe we're going to get more Roma's and manxes and stuff like that, but I guess time will tell.
2: Yeah. Let's find out. All right, let's go ahead and wrap up the big show, Matt, and talk about our five, the five films, I guess we're most looking forward to for the rest of the year. And this was, inspired by the fact that last week we had talked about, well, well, what's left? What are we looking forward to? And all we came up with was like The Killer. And we blanked on Killers of the Flower Moon. Mm-hmm. We blanked on some other stuff. And I'm like, well, that's just embarrassing. right So I wanted to make sure to see if there's anything that was coming up that we make sure we told you about. And there are a few things I'm interested in. Yeah. But fair warning, folks, any one of these could be delayed as well because of the ongoing strike. They're already threatening to move one of the films on my list to next year. yeah So um, let's find out.
1: Sir, I don't understand. That's glaringly apparent. I can't fail this class. Oh, don't sell yourself short, Mr. Coates. I truly believe that you can. Every year at Barton Academy, students, faculty, and staff depart the campus for a two-week winter break. But there are always an unfortunate few who have nowhere to go for the holidays. They're known as the holdovers. Mr. Hundam. Hello, Mary. I heard you got stuck with babysitting duty this year. How'd you manage that? You know, he used to be
0: a student, right? Yeah, that's why he knows how to inflict maximum pain on us. I thought all the Nazis were hiding in Argentina. Stifle it, Tully. You just earned yourself a detention, sir.
2: Being here with you is already one big detention. Son
1: of a bitch, that's another detention!
0: Do you think I want to be babysitting you? No, I was praying your mother would pick up the phone or your father would arrive in a helicopter or a
1: flying saucer.
0: My father's dead.
2: Oh, that's, uh... That's uncomfortable. That's got to be, yeah, that's no good at all. That, of course, is the trailer from um, uh, Alexander Payne's Holdovers, featuring Paul Giamatti, that has a very kind of 70s feel to it, right? That dramedy is clearly the aesthetic he's going for for that. And I really enjoy Payne's films. I think the more I think about it, too, I think, like, Nebraska is a fantastic film. If you haven't had a chance to see it, he did it uh, black and white with... um, Oh boy, I'm blanking on the actor's name now. That's embarrassing. Uh, He's in Inglourious Bastards. He plays the general.
0: Plays uh, Smithers. uh, Mike Myers?
2: No. What? No. Did I say Inglourious Bastards? I meant the Hateful Eight.
0: Oh, yeah, you did say.
2: Sanford Smithers. He's Sanford Smithers in Inglourious. In in, the Hateful Eight. I almost did it again. Yeah, I I cannot. I know something. I'm an idiot. Anyway. Bruce Stern? Yes, thank you. Yeah, okay. Man, look at me. Look at you. Matt, all right, so go ahead. Holdovers looks pretty good. Yeah. We'll have to see. Okay. But but honestly, uh, honorable mention, obviously, not in my top five, Matt. Start us off, what is the fifth film you're looking forward to the most for the rest of the year? Oh,
0: so this is a tough one. Um, I thought I might go with the creator, um, Gareth Edwards' new film that we're going to be checking out in a few weeks. But John David Washington has not really impressed me that much going into it. And I, I don't... And Gareth Edwards' filmography as a director is pretty small. I enjoyed Rogue One. Godzilla is okay. Monsters is okay. So we'll see. Um, so I kicked that down to honorable mentions. And my number five then um, is going to be Dumb Money um, starring a one of these kind of murderer's row of, of uh, Hollywood actors. It's got Paul Dano, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, uh, Pete Davidson, American Ferreira, Nick Offerman, who's always fun, and Seth Rogen. Basically, it tells the story of the, the Reddit uh, Wall Street Bets GameStop uh, stock debacle where this Paul Dano plays an individual named Keith Gill who has a podcast on investing. Um, he recommends that people go out and buy gamestop stock and Mm. basically they go out and do it and it causes a lot of these hedge fund billionaires to lose tons and tons of money because they had put in their positions guaranteeing that it would fail and this of course surged the stock price so then of course it became this thing of how can we let the normals and the poors do this kind of thing because this is for us it's not for you and it's telling that story so i'm interested to see it i i think it'll be interesting to see you know um that story be told and of course it looks like it has some uh, pretty funny performances in it
2: yeah i saw the trailer for it uh this week when i went to see equalizer and all i could think of was oh it's it's like it's uh it's like the big short again mm. but um possibly good too i i, I don't know <laughs> Yeah, I, I didn't, as Matt says, I'll have a lot of juice for it after the trailer
0: ended. I'm like, okay, well, all right. That was just going to say, that should just tell you what we're dealing with for this uh, mm. <laughs> the remainder of the year.
2: My number five, I don't have a firm release date yet, Matt. But I've seen the trailer. And if they can do to the Western what they did to exploitation, the Black Dynamite crew back is back with Outlaw Johnny Black. And uh, this is now, this version is Michael J. White. He plays a cowboy. He's a, actually, he goes into infiltrate, to hunt down. I think to hunt that guy down. He pretends to be a priest and um, to kind of kill this guy. I think he's a bounty hunter. I, I'm not even 100% sure. I watched the trailer. I don't remember a bunch of it. Um, but still, I cannot wait to see it because it's all the same people who did Black Dynamite are back with the outlaw Johnny Black and it's one of the few comedies. I mean, we bring it up all the time. It was brought up on this show like 20 minutes mm-hmm. ago. And will continue to be. It's one of the few comedies I've seen that I never get tired of. And it makes me cry every time I watch it. So, uh, Black, yeah, Outlaw Johnny Black is my
0: five. All right. We'll have to see how that turns out. It's, it's a dangerous game they're playing. Yeah, I, yes. You can only catch lightning in a bottle. Um, it's really hard to catch it twice. So, we'll see. Yeah. Um, all right. So, then my number four, then, is is uh, the the newly renamed final release of Hayao Miyazaki's uh, Studio Ghibli output with The Boy and the Heron. The I had had this in my honorable mentions just because the trailer didn't drop until today. But after watching the trailer, it does seem very interesting. The, what little I know about it is that a boy... Um, uh, escapes the town that he's living in after the death of his mother he comes into contact with a talking heron that tells her that she's still alive and is in a trapped in a in an abandoned tower and that transports him of course to another world of weirdness um i'm a big fan of studio ghibli's work i'm a big fan of Miyazaki's work so i'm really looking forward to this as kind of his swan song the kind of last film of uh, of an animation master so we'll have to see what uh what we get
2: yeah, no, that's a great pick, man. In fact, it's my it's my backup pick for my number four. Okay. So uh, if Ridley Scott's Napoleon, mm. featuring Joaquin Phoenix, does get pushed to twenty twenty four, and there are rumblings now that it will be, then uh, yeah, the Boy and the Heron will end up being uh, my number four. Uh, Miyazaki comes out of retirement for uh, this story. I saw the trailer today myself, and it looked fantastic, and I cannot wait to see it. But in the end, I have I think that I need to see Ridley Scott doing the big old epic. Um, possibly one more time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see. So uh, that's my four is Napoleon with a backup of the boy in the hair. All
0: right. Uh, well, my number three is Napoleon. Um, I think it's, you know, I'm all, I'm all on board for, you know, Ridley Scott uh, historical epics. And this is really a, a time frame that I don't have a lot of, you know, information on. I'm not super well-versed in it. I'm, and I'm sure it'll be horribly horribly inaccurate but it'll be a spectacle at the very least so i'm looking forward to it
2: yeah absolutely i what I understand he wasn't that short mm. like that's no. one of the things that was a, a rumor that was started yeah. to kind of make him look bad or something too it right? was
0: yeah
2: there you go my number three is yorgos Lanthemum's poor things which i believe is a riff on the uh, bride of frankenstein mm-hmm. if not just straight old frankenstein sure. And uh, it's supposed to be very raunchy and very unsettling and inappropriate, but aesthetically just bizarre and fantastic to see. So I loved... um,
0: What was the last one they did? Favorite?
2: Favorite film of the year. The Favorite? The Favorite, yeah, exactly. So uh, I cannot wait to see what he does with uh, Poor Things.
0: Yeah, Poor Things is barely hanging on to the edge of honorable mentions because it looks incredibly twee, and it just looks like it's just going to... You're going to have... It's either you're, gonna, you're either going to connect with it or you're not. And I'm really feeling just watching this thing that I'm not going to connect with it. And I'm going to hate it. So, like, uh, yeah, it's barely hanging on there. And apparently, he's, I guess, with essentially the same cast of people, has another movie possibly coming out this year called And. I doubt it happens with everything that's going on, but the initial mm-hmm. rumblings were it was essentially in the can and it actually could also come out in 2023. No, interesting. I was
2: not aware of that. Look at you. All
0: right, so my number two then, I think we're probably going to have the same one and two, although I don't know what order it's going to be in. It's going to be Martin Scorsese's uh, The Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, Really, uh, it's a book uh, that I've seen out there in the wild many, many times, and I've always intended to pick it up, but uh, I'm really curious to see yet another collaboration between DiCaprio and Scorsese. Uh, it It looks really, really good.
2: Yeah, no, uh, that's 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 good, Matt. That's good. <laughs> so um, Matt's gonna ruin my one. I will ruin uh, his one, which is David Fincher's The Killer, featuring uh, Michael Fassbender, who uh, basically what happened, He's an assassin, and there's something goes wrong, and um, now he there's an international manhunt, um, and so uh, I don't know. I don't know that much about it, just that he plays an assassin something goes wrong and then everybody's after him or something. So, uh, yeah. It's Fincher, even though his recent comments in regards to understanding both sides of the strike, I don't know what that means. If if he means like he understands, like they say X and they say Y, I I understand what both people are saying because I understand English, then I guess I'm okay with it. But if if he sympathizes or empathizes with both sides, then he can F right off into the sun for all I care. But still... Uh, the Killer is my uh, number two being released on Netflix, Matt. I don't know if it will it get a limited theatrical release around us. We'll have to see. Hopefully it does. And if it does, like you said, it'll be like a week, right? Like they did with um whatever the last one was last year. There was one. I remember I made an effort to go make sure I saw it in the theater. I don't think it was Mank. It was something else. Uh,
0: okay. Yeah, I don't know. Then I don't know. Either way. Yeah. That's my two. So what's your one, Matt? It's The Killer. Uh, I'm a big fan of David Fincher. I didn't love Mank that much, but He's a he's a director that I'm always interested to see what he produces, and you know it's got Michael Fassbender. I'm hoping this is kind of more of a return to form as far as the subject matter goes. So I'm I'm very curious to see it.
2: Yeah, man, I wish they could have renewed Mindhunter one, one more season.
0: Mm. Man, that was a good show.
2: Yeah, my number one then is like Matt said, Killers of the Flower Moon, Martin Scorsese's uh, latest film. That trailer looks fantastic. If you haven't seen it yet. And uh, I cannot wait to see this. Another tale of corruption and classic Americana. And it looks fantastic. And the performance is supposed to be out of this world. So uh, we shall see. Matt, any honorable mentions for you that we didn't talk about? Uh, So
0: apparently the latest of bringing a Grindhouse trailer to life is supposed to be coming out. Eli Roth's Thanksgiving is supposed to be happening on November 17th. I will watch it. I'm not a fan of Eli Roth, but I am a huge fan of the grindhouse trailers. So I'm kind of really waiting for one to hit. Come on, Edgar Wright. You know, you want to make, don't you really want to make it, but <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'll go see it, but there's nothing really no trailers or anything out there. So we'll see. Uh, maybe he's just, I think a poster dropped today. I did it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, I know we'll have to watch it. Cause it's going to be Oscar bait film, but I'm not super excited about it, but, is uh uh, adam driver in michael mann's ferrari um so we get to see him turn his turn around his uh, italian accent one more time but i am i am interested just for the sheer fact that it is michael mann so i guess it's worth uh worth a look
2: no that's uh yeah the trailer is pretty good have you seen the trailer Uh, yeah
0: it is pretty good Uh,
2: it got me more interested in it than i was previously that's for sure yeah uh, i also had uh bradley cooper's maestro mm. i think is could be interesting uh havoc by the other gareth i always confuse edwards with gareth evans mm-hmm. who did the raid films yeah. this was tom hardy and timothy oliphant and it's about a drug deal that goes rhyme, matt and a detective must fight his way through a criminal underworld to rescue a politician's estranged son and uh i cannot wait to see that that could be awesome have to see Netflix is getting El Conda El Conde, okay. which is a takeoff or a different version of um, of the of the, dic- the dictator. Why am I blanking on his name now? Uh, I said, Chris, you better write it down. So you don't forget and I didn't Pinochet. Thank you. Mm-hmm. But that Pinochet was actually a vampire. Oh, interesting. Interesting. So it's black and white. It's supposed to be very bloody and um, unsettling as well. That'll be hitting Netflix. It's actually on our list. We'll see. Uh, Rustin looks interesting as well about the um, famed uh, uh, civil rights uh, worker promoter. He helped basically He organized MLK's mm-hmm. uh, legendary uh, speech. And then we have uh, May, May, December, the latest from Todd Haynes with Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore. I got the crater on my list, like you, Matt. I'm yeah, we'll see. Uh, Priscilla, Sophia Coppola's new film is supposed to be pretty good. We talked about Ferrari, and then uh, Richard Linklater has a new movie got, coming out called Hitman that is getting rave reviews at whatever the current film festival is. Okay. So um, we'll have to see about that, but it's supposed to be an action comedy, and it's everybody say it's fantastic. Okay. So uh, we'll have to check that out, Matt. I'm sure there's others, folks. Shoot us an email at feedback at thefirstrun.com. We'd love to hear yours. Did I say Saltburn? Emerald Fennel's new film as well? I don't know if I did. You did not, no. So, all right. So yeah, I love Promising Young Woman, so I'd be curious to see what she does next. That's weird. Neither of us mentioned Zack Snyder's movie.
0: Yeah. You know what? We'll, we'll end up watching it, but I um, can't say I've got a lot of excitement for it. Mm, fine.
2: Matt, <laughs> what are we talking about next
0: week? Ooh, talking about excitement. Uh, we're going to go see The Nun 2, and then... We're going to see the sequel to that Chris Hemsworth movie that I was so jazzed about before, Extraction 2.
2: Oh, boy. We'll have to see about that. Maybe we'll do Bottoms after all instead or something. I don't know. Is that Nun too good? That first Nun movie is so
0: bad. Yeah. Well, I can tell you, I'm not going to the theater twice, so it's going to be one or the other.
2: Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. No, I hear you. Maybe we'll swap. I don't know. Who knows? All right. Tentatively, that's what we're doing. In the meantime, check us out at thefirstrun.com. You can see archives of all the old shows, see the report card uh, and more. Also, head on over to Apple Podcast, Give us a review to help other people find the show. We're also on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Do a search for The First Run. Scrolly, 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 and eventually you will find us. And I guess, Matt, that's going to be it. So we're going to take an extended break. Uh, Clearly, I survived the hurricane, Matt. No problems here. Good for you. Went right
0: around me. I'm, I'm glad that you made it through okay.
2: No, no issues at all. We've had worse tropical storms, really, mm-hmm. but that's because something else is brewing now, so we'll have to see what happens next.
0: Well, it's that time of year. It's that time of year, Chris.
2: Oh, yeah. It's going to be like this for the next uh, couple months, mm-hmm. so we'll see how it goes. In the meantime, take care of yourselves. We love very much. See you soon. Thanks, for listening. Hot the press?
0: Light down my cleaned-up street!
1: It's, it's unbelievable, Black Dynamite. Everyone looks so happy. And it's all thanks to you.
0: I'd like to take the credit, but dig, Mama. There's no I in Revolution and T.
1: <laughs> Look, I know I'm gonna be rusty, but I have to try. <gasps> oh, hi, girls. What, are you, what is your name? I'm Shawanda, and her name's Brick Willa. Oh, those are beautiful names. I'm Gloria, and this is Black Dynamite.
0: My mama said my daddy's name is Black Dynamite. So did my mama.
1: Oh, hush up little girls. A lot of cats have that name.